All right, welcome to the Utility Podcast. My name is Jeff. This is Bernardo, and our guest today is Robert LeBlanc in that terrible hat. He is a documentary photographer with Raw, and he has a very distinctive and raw style in my mind. And uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast, Robert. Cool. Thank you guys for letting me come on. I'm excited to be here. I'm not excited to look at a giant's hat, but you know, yeah. <laughs> he popped up on our screen with a daughter's hat, and I was like, "Hold on, let me run and get my giant's hat. I have to counter out, counteract this this evil." Um, anyway, <laughs> you gotta have a balance. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, yeah, like I was like I was saying before, uh, your your styles very distinct from I feel like almost anybody I think in NFTs I wouldn't say every every place but um you know I, I just don't see a lot of what you're doing in NFTs can you speak to well you could speak about how you got into NFTs uh, you know but I'd like to also hear about how you got into photography for sure absolutely um well I can start with photography it was I started when I was pretty young. Um, I started from skateboarding. So when I was about eight or nine, I started to skateboard. And yes. then, you know, through that, you know, you end up, I wanted to carry a camera with me to take photos of all my friends as we're trying to like skate through the streets. And, you know, growing up looking at skate magazines and skate videos, you kind of start to develop this love for, you know, if you have it, you know, if you're still creative, you start to notice all the music and the way they film the videos and the photography. So, I kind of give it all up for skateboarding pretty much. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be in photography because uh, it kind of opened my eyes and it was a nice, um, you know, skateboard photography work really, really well together, right? You can kind of go skate around and have a little camera on you. And, you know, usually you're always out in the streets or some weird hours of the day or different places you've never been. So it gives you a chance to like witness and see things through, you know, being on your skateboard and then you come across all these moments with the camera, it just, it worked perfectly. So, you know, that's kind of how I began really like starting to shoot and kind of get that love for street photography because it was out from being in the, in the street skateboarding. And then I ended up getting injured pretty badly. I, I've blown out both of my knees. I pretty much have both of my knees redone um, from skateboarding. So after my second knee, blew out I was like all right you know obviously skateboarding can't be the number one priority for me like what would be the next thing that I love or I can keep on doing so naturally just came to photography so you know it was more now as I was kind of using all those skills that I learned from skateboarding in the streets and now I kind of applied all that kind of discipline and that hard work and still being in the same environment but just with more with the camera so yeah I kind of how like, that all started I feel like I've just became a way bigger fan and I'm gonna pull my hat off and the rivalry is over because that's that's like uh that's a story of a lot of my life and so yeah you I, I mean can you try to explain to people who don't skateboard why skateboarding puts you in a position to take very singular and interesting photography for sure. And, and explain to me, because every time we do this and every time I'm in the space, everybody's a skateboard. I never skate in my life and I feel that I'm on the side and I'm missing something here. So <laughs> please tell me, should I buy one and go and try it now with almost 40 years old? No. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, 
just wear wear helmets and elbow pads. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the thing with skateboarding is it gives. I don't think people understand the the value that you get from it. You know, so you get a really hard work ethic. You get the ability to get along with everybody because because you have this kind of one thing that you love, right? And and it it's such a creative sport, and there's so many different types of people in it. You get exposed to so much different art and music and film, right? So I think if you are a creative person and you want to create art in some sort of way, being in skateboarding really helps kind of open up those worlds to you a little bit more. And you get to see it through the lens of something that you love, that you're really, really passionate about. So, and I think, you know, with skateboarding, you always have to physically push yourself and you always have to try, you know, keep pushing your body's limits too, because you need to accomplish something or you have to have the discipline to, you know, land a trick or whatever. So I feel like the same kind of principles transition to photography, right? Like you kind of have to be resilient you have to push yourself in uncomfortable situations. You have to, you know, get up close and personal with things like you do with skateboarding, you know? So you have to kind of like just push yourself harder. So I think for me, that's kind of where I started to learn the way that I take photos because I kind of approach it the same way I would be skateboarding, taking a trick or, or whatever. So it made me have to be like, all right, if I don't get this photo today, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> like if I didn't land a trick and I was going to be all salty about it for several days, you know? So yeah, that, I think that because of that world that's helped really help me with skateboarding and it's really helped me not with skateboarding with photography and helped me kind of look at pictures and understand things and, you know, build that worth ethic that I needed to follow stories, keep, keeping, you know, shooting somebody for five or six years, like, it takes a little bit of, um, you know, discipline to stick with it and not just kind of be like, all right, I got what I needed. I'm out, you know? So, and I, a lot of that came from skateboarding for sure. Bernardo, before so, you speak, before you speak, I, I just want to speak to that for two seconds, which is, and add my two cents in, which is, it feels like for me, the thing you learn in skateboarding is how to persevere and, yeah. and push through anything. Like it's the, it's my singular talent. I'm almost not talented at anything else but I could almost push through anything like yeah, any bullshit I could push through, which is uh, yeah. Thanks to skateboarding. Sorry. Go ahead, Bernardo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I miss, I miss skateboarding. I think I'm going to persevere now. I there you go. just to get that, that, that raw um, style. Um, I just wanted to ask you as well is, so you, you told us a little bit why you came into photography and you were, quite successful before the nft so what what made you come to the nfts um you know i was approached by somebody in 2020 i kind of saw them happening but i wasn't really like paying attention too deeply and i didn't really know if photography would have played i guess at the time i was thinking more of it being digital art so not maybe photography didn't fall in that category quite yet but someone called me and, and explained it to me in the sense of ip and intellectual property and that to me was what really kind of grabbed me at first because I've had my photos used on other websites and blogs and stuff and nothing gets credited. And, you know, you know, with the internet, you can take a photo from anywhere for the most part. So the idea of having these photos that are online that I can show intellectual property, I own the IP to the image that like really kind of made me really aware of it and start to pay attention to it a little bit more because I was like, all right, this makes a lot of sense. And I would like to have that kind of, 
you know, want to keep my rights if I'm going to put stuff on the internet, especially if you put stuff on, you know, Instagram or whatever, it technically becomes their photos, right? They're able to do whatever they want with it when you, uh, within the agreements that you sign by using all these apps. So to me, it just seemed like it made a lot of sense. And then I kind of just sat back and I watched and, and was kind of just figuring out. And then I saw Obscura was doing stuff with Magnum. And I was like, okay, cool. Like this is definitely the photography is becoming, it's starting to become its own thing. People who are really well respected in the outside world are coming in. Like this seems like a good time to kind of really explore this and see what it's about. And ever since I've been in it, I love it, man. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like I get to talk to you guys, you know, have people who collect work. You get to talk to collectors one-on-one. I mean, to me, it just seems like it's, it's kind of the ideal dream art world you wish you would have when you're a kid. When you're a kid, you think about being an artist. You're like, ah, it's going to be great. I get to talk to collectors and work on projects, pitches and decks and creative directors and, you know, working with brands and what they have. And so this is cool. It kind of gives you, gives the artist the freedom to be artists, which is pretty incredible. So how i got sucked into it i'm happy i'm here <laughs> well we're happy you're here too um like i said in the beginning you have a really i think different style than a lot of people have in the space i think there's a lot of fine art here and a lot of landscape and a lot of stuff that frankly i saw on instagram um when i was there and for me when i look at your stuff it's a uh, it's just very real. I think that's the thing that's most attractive to me. It definitely probably comes from like a being in the streets and skateboarding stuff. But like, I guess my question would be, what is what is it exactly you're trying to get across with your with your vision of America? Like, what are you trying to say? Do you have some sort of message with your photography? Because it feels it feels like you're dancing around a subject that. It's almost like you want to say something. Right. Well, you, you know, it was a big influence for me in my early years is Robert Frank. And I think for a lot of people it was, right? Um, and that book, Americans, really settled with me. It was kind of my Bible for a long time because, you know, he was in a really interesting situation where, you know, the country was kind of in a big cultural shift. Uh, we were at the end of the, end of the World War industrial revolution people kind of had a lot of hope things were changing a little bit uh, but you still had a lot of problems with racial segregation and just you know fall off from the depression and he just happened to be there in a time i think where the country took a really big turn and i've been thinking about that a lot you know as i kind of just watch things happening in the news or people around me or you know i kind of feel like we're at that same moment right I, i'm the last generation to understand what it was before the internet essentially <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean same. like uh, us right here like that that world is never going to be around anymore right unless there's some crazy whatever that the internet for some reason the internet goes away but you, you know let's, what i mean like, let's hope well, not let's let's yeah, hope not. For, for sure. I, <laughs> I don't know it was kind of nice back then <laughs> it was fun i mean I, I got i mean you know it has its pros and cons but like with internet being introduced to the world it's changed the world in like so many different ways culturally how we even talk politics you know how do people talk about social issues or you know people who are leaking secrets so i mean it's like the internet has opened up these doors to so many different things 
so I kind of feel, you know, since I've been thinking about it and, and watching the country, I, I felt like that was the book project that I wanted to do because I felt like we're kind of in this unique situation where we're in that big cultural shift again. And I wanted to catch that. I wanted to catch, you know, the kind of end of an old America, like with the state churches or, you know, just kind of more like simple farm country life and then show the nice juxtaposition between the future that's like inevitable that's coming to us, right? Whether it's the AI sex dolls or, you know, there's photos of empty restaurants because now a lot of people are just being, food's getting delivered or, you know, these small and pop restaurants are being overtaken by a big commercial chain. So, it, you know, my photos, is, it's the world around me, right? And the way that I, I'm, I'm looking at seeing how the world is changing, I suppose. You know, there's obviously worlds that I'm really attracted to as well, but especially with the America stuff, I think we were just, we're in this time where there's a part of America that won't exist anymore. And I kind of, for me, is hoping I'd be able to capture that. And, 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 and at least in a way that maybe in 50, 60 years, people can kind of look back and see some of these situations that was happening now with us socially and culturally, and maybe they can kind of reflect back on how much things have changed. So I wanted to ask one question about this, because whenever I was going through your work and through your website, you, you say that you are a photographer of subcultures of America. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that on the, the project that you have, the new America that you were speaking about, there is um, very cohesive of one type of subculture. Um, my question is, do you think this... so? you didn't photograph all the subcultures that exist. You were no. very um, specific of the subculture. Is this a mainstream subculture? Because me, not, not being in America, is this what America is? Or is this just a small part that very few people see it? It's definitely a small part. You know, I try to, sh I try to have photos that speak to a bigger, broader subject, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, this country is so huge, man. I've, I worked on it for eight years. And these are the people that I've naturally been connected to, who've been introduced to, you know, people who I'm interested in their worlds, but also stuff that I think, you know, I, it, things that I find attractive about this country too, right? So it's a lot of it's through my perspective, right? But I try to, you know, I wish I could photograph every subculture in America. That'd because, be amazing. Probably take for a lifetime. Because the question... <laughs> Yeah, because the question comes is that whenever I see your your collection, I cannot say that I would like to see this America. Yeah, no. yeah. Like there's a lot of different types of photo here, but none of them I'll tell, hmm, I would like to be here. I would love to, you know. It's so it seems beach. like you have like a pessim a, a pessimist side to America. Is this a pessimist side, a pessimist side to America? Or inside this not so beautiful environment there are some beauties in in those communities yeah i think it's a it's a mix i'm a, I, I definitely am attracted to the darker side of things right it's pretty obvious i like um i have a very pessimistic view <laughs> for sure um but i think you find beauty in those worlds right it's more of trying to understand people that i wouldn't understand being groups and try to be you know, like, it's the same thing with skateboarding. It's like, you can go to another country, not speak a language, but the fact that you have a skateboard, like you're connected some way, 
So I always look for that kind of connection with other people and people that take photographs because I'm so used to having that through skateboarding, right? So, you know, a lot of times I take photos of people, it's out of pure curiosity and intrigue. And I, I want to get to know people. I want to hear their story. Everybody has their own unique story. Um, but I definitely have an attraction to more of the darker side of things, for sure. And I think it's a lot of the things that we aren't shown as much as we could be. You know, I think there are some, I think there are realities and situations and kind of ironies in our culture that. I'm trying to capture as well, right? And it's not just this idea of, of poly, you know, California's movie stars and palm trees and beaches, right? There's way more than that than what a lot of people perceive Hollywood would look like. So there's that, and um, but there are beauties there too, right? Like it's it's finding those moments of people being authentic, people. You know, it might not be beautiful at first, but the more you look at it, the more you're kind of intrigued to it. You know, there's one of them, there's a, a photo of a guy walking um, like on a field in Montana and he's just kind of walking in waist high grass and it's this kind of beautiful mountain town scenic or, you know, this right here, the hunter um, calling for wolves, number 16. Like, I, you know, that's, I don't think that's, that's sad. <laughs> No, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. That that one that one is 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 a different style. Um, right. Just, I try to bring them all finish... together. Right. I want yeah. to have the good with the bad. I think you can't. If you're going to do a whole thing on a country, and it's quite a daunting task, and I probably haven't scratched the surface of what you know I would do if I worked on it for thirty or forty years. But you need to have a balance of it. Like if you're going to show the bad, like show some beauty in it too right like maybe it's not always beauty all the time but at least you have certain moments where you can go like okay cool it's not doom and gloom <laughs> but i'm going to tell one thing regarding this is that um although it's just a small subculture that you are in most of the photos you are you are photographing these photos could only be taken in the united states you know because you look at these photos and although you say that is a a minor part of what is the country everybody can tell that it's from the united states which right. and that which was a the goal right it's like i want you to feel the country fortunately i can't do it all but like I, that makes me happy for you to say that because it really shows that like i'm expressing the country at least the way that i'm experiencing it and, and like the most american way possible <laughs> yeah, even like this one number three right like the the bootleg balenciaga hoodie you know, it's like this was down in, and I can't remember where in New York, but you know, it's like it's very American. It's like you see, you, got, you have the knockoff jackets, you know, people buy, and this guy has the American tank top shirt, but it's in like a really busy, hustling, hustling like part of the city. Like that's a lot of America to me. You know what I mean? It's just kind of just like madness that's happening constantly. It is. It is all madness. Like, and that's, I think the thing that I relate to most about the photos is like, there's some, there's just like this, uh, there's a thread that feels like it runs through America, which is that we're all kind of, we're all kind of crazy. Like, there's a reason why, like, a lot of us are this way and can, are, I just feel like we're all kind of nuts. It's like, um, <laughs> And seeing these photos, like, I don't relate to 100% of them, but, like, I, you know, like, especially as a Californian, I, 
I grew up in like uh, kind of like Latino low rider culture. And so like this photo, uh, a lot of the, like there's this one of like a low rider with like the, with the switches and like, this was, right. a, this was a very common scene for me as a kid, like not seeing it, but like, you know, you'd, you'd see it all around the city. Like, right. Um, yeah. It just, it feels so familiar and so kind of scary at the same time, but it's, it's a warm scariness. <laughs> which is terrible but um it's like a familiar terrifying feeling and it's uh i don't know i love it it, it, it kind of makes me love america even though it's so shitty sometimes uh, yeah i mean dude, I, I i love the country you know like i and i think if i didn't love it as much as i did i, I wouldn't feel so um you know so moved to show its problems you know what I mean? Because it's like something that we I have to deal with it consistently. And I know it's a thing that a lot, a lot of other people in other countries look in at us and be like, like who's who's drinking all the Kool-Aid here? Like, this is a little ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I'll you know, I, don't wanna, I think I, I think America is, is the extremes, isn't it? I think I think yeah. you guys have have the, all the extremes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and, that, and I think the photography thing, too, you know, like it probably plays into me growing up in this country it's like i'm attracted to photographing extreme moments and maybe that that works so well when i cover a whole country because of the point you just said right there i mean that's on point like we love our extremes i remember having a friend from sweden in town or norway and he it was like in the summer and a guy had a snowmobile in the back of his <laughs> back of his truck and the guy just started it and just like revved it up in the back of his truck and snowmobile in the middle of summer and the guy looked at me, he's like, that's so American. Like, you'd still just rev your snowmobile in summer in the back of your truck. He's like, you guys yeah. just do everything just to the max, and it's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, it always stuck with me. I wanted to do, we wanted to do some, like, some story times, because for me, like, these, every single photo, I wish you could talk about every single photo. So, like, we picked a few of them, the ones I bought and uh <laughs> you got some good ones bro i just some wanted the most like real and raw ones and so like do you want to just give us like if you can a short like what was happening in these photos yeah 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 so i was stuck in vegas i had to, I had to go on a work trip to vegas and i was like so bored and so bummed so i would literally just like walk around with a glass full of vodka all day just drinking straight up vodka on ice and it, it was what and i would just do laps around vegas with my camera and like the more drunk i got the more i was like oh i'm gonna take a photo of this person this person just be a little ridiculous and i crossed over one of the sky bridges over the strip in vegas and then i bent around this corner and this is like through my like very drunk hazy memory um i saw these guys like wrestling with like all the cash out in the street and it, and I remember just like walking up to him, taking the photo. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to keep on pushing here. <laughs> but it, to me, I think it, it, it looks like he's being mugged, you know what I mean? And I think if I probably wasn't as liquid courage as I had during that whole day, there's probably no way I would have took that photo. But yeah, these guys must have been getting into it. And he, he was a getting mugged or there was something was happening, what's going on. But that's like one of the few... Um, time i call them time travel photos so i used to drink a lot in my early years and i don't drink anymore now but so there's like every once in a while you find a few shots where you're like dude i, I don't blessed. know how how the <laughs> fuck i got it <laughs> but 
But yeah, it was just one so, of those like crazy things you see in Vegas. Every corner you've been in Vegas, like you never know the Yes. It's like that city is one of those weird cities where like you can fucking walk around a corner and there's a zebra standing there and you're just like, what the fuck? I don't I don't know how this works, but that's Vegas. So on top of that skill that you don't use anymore of the alcohol, yeah. how can you get how can you get so close to I would say some dangerous people? Are they dangerous? Are they dangerous people, or, or, they are not really? Like, how no, can you get I, so close? I don't think people are. I don't think they're dangerous people. I think a lot of people become products of their environment, and some environments like require you to, you know, have more protection than others, or, you know, so I mean, <clears throat> it's the thing that you realize is people are, you know we're all humans. We all have our own story. We all have emotions and sadness and happiness and all these things. Right. And I think if you come at somebody with a really honest intent and you're very, you know, not being aggressive, try and just understand who they are and talk to them for several hours before you even take a camera photo, you know, it's, it's really relating to people one-on-one -on -one and understanding, you know, and everybody wants to tell their story too, you know? So, you know, this is a perfect example of that we were in uh albuquerque new mexico and we we're kind of walking around and i knew there was some lower rider guys we we're going to meet up later on in the day but we we're just kind of killing time and uh there was like this abandoned fast food restaurant and we were kind of sitting there drinking water just trying to figure out what the next move and this guy came out of nowhere and he's like hey do you have a cap of water i was like oh i know what you're doing i was like i don't got any water but i got vitamin water I don't know if you want to do that. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'll, I'll use the vitamin water. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> Did he mix so his like, heroin with vitamin water? Yeah, which oh, is a no-no. Yeah, I think you're, you're not supposed to mix it with anything but water, really. Yeah. But so I was like, all right, like right, I'm going to come over here and kind of bullshit. So we just kind of bullshitted and talked with him for a while. And uh, he's like, what are you guys doing here? As he's kind of mixing up his dope. And we're kind of being like, oh, we're doing this book on America. And we're showing America and it's, and it's, you know, what we find that's important. And even in its most unbeautiful moments, he's like, well, this is, if you want to see America, this is America right here. And he was talking about the heroin and we got in a conversation where he got a really bad accident. Um, he ended up having to use oxys and pain pills. And then he got addicted to opiates and the pain pills and the insurance didn't help. Wouldn't cover it. So he ended up, you know, kind of fell into the spiral of heroin which is a really sad story that is nationwide, right? It's like, very, it's like everybody's most American story. Yeah. So like, you know, to me, I knew at some point in the book, I had to show, you know, the opioid crisis in a sense and like kind of people falling down to the spiral. And this guy was, you know, this guy gave me the opportunity. He's like, if you want to take photos of this, you can take photos of this. I was like, all right, cool, man. So we sat there while he was trying to hit a vein it took him forever to try to hit a vein and eventually he hit that one shot it up and then he actually blew out the vein so they yeah. ended up like where he shot up and there'd be like this big swollen ball from from blowing out his vein but you know he kind of just said he's like i'm i am i'm the america that no one wants to see i'm the i'm the problem that everybody tries to ignore so yeah i guess you know it's being open to these moments too right and so it's like i could have been like all right here's some vitamin water like whatever and we just could have ignored him or walked off but the fact that <clears throat> we kind of started this conversation with this guy and kind of just really wanted to hear his story and hear what he felt it opened us 
an opportunity to take a photo of a raw moment of something really happening, you know? Jeez, man. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's just kind of being aware, you know, and just, you know, never, I've, I've always learned too, is whenever you kind of come up with a, an assumption, you're always wrong pretty much every fucking time. <laughs> so like, I always try to go into each moment with an open mind because I really don't know where that moment's going to come from. Who's the person that's going to open up to me or, you know, so. And that was a lot of this trip. It was eight or nine months just floating around the country, living in my car, just like not really having much of a plan and just stopping at places and walking and experiencing and trying to find those moments, you know, Is there... with the mix of things that were planned as well. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Let's talk about one more photo. Is there one that you, either of you want to talk about in particular? Uh, 58's a good story. Yeah, I was going to say that, that one is, uh, it's really, really like, like strange. Yeah, it's a strange place. It really is. Um, this is like, so a big part of the book I wanted to show like the cause and effect of social media and you know growing up seeing Instagram become a thing and watching kind of this whole like culture of influencers and TikTokers and YouTubers you know what I mean it's just like it's a whole different breed of human and and uh and it's a, a product that's affecting a lot of us so I was at the gathering of the juggalos earlier that year and there's a guy named Mike Busey now Mike Busey has this place in Florida called the Sausage Castle which is what this this place is here. So he has had like the longest running show at the Gathering of Juggalos every year for the music festival. So we kind of talked a little bit. I took some photos of, you know, his thing doing at the at the gathering. And he was like, I was like, well, I'm working on this book. I'm traveling around the country. If I ever make it to Florida, it'd be cool to hit it up. I like to see the Sausage Castle because it's quite a thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, come by. Just let me know, whatever. So we we get to Florida call him up he's like yeah come up come up to the sausage castle and what essentially it is it's a party mansion it's like the it's like the florida version of the playboy mansion in a sense <laughs> you know what i mean that sounds and scary it is it's crazy and but it's it's such uh, a result of social media right i think this guy got i don't know a ton of mike's backstory but like what i was told and kind of what i experienced was he started like a snapchat he had this mansion and they film all these crazy videos of all these parties and then all these parties would get viral. And eventually, you know, he became quite a character on, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and all this stuff. And, you know, so now he has all these people who are huge fans of his, he throws these crazy parties. And if you're part of, if you're like a member, if you pay for his Snapchat, you actually get invited to these parties and you go to the mansion and do all this crazy stuff. You know, so he has this little area. He's built a little strip club in his home in Florida. So you kind of, you know, you walk in and you just see like all this crazy shit. There's like pinball machines and themed out rooms of like prints and whatever. And then you go downstairs <laughs> and it's a strip club in the living room and you go, then you walk out back and there's a, his room has like a gun, a wall full of guns. Like there's like 60 guns on the wall. And then you go in the backyard, it's a pool party and everybody's drunk and topless and having a, you know, it's, it's just like, it's so, it's so American. And it's, it's so, only it's so a, Florida. It's so Florida. Yeah, it's yeah. so Florida for sure. But it's really an only a version of America that you see like 
as a byproduct from social media and like that's the way it keeps going you know he burnt down i guess like this last mansion got burnt down like dude, it's a fucking crazy crazy place <laughs> so you know that's uh that, was, that place was funny so yeah if you ever had time to look up the sausage castle you'll, you'll get a laugh for sure <laughs> i don't know if i wanted to go there i don't know if, if, if... <laughs> yeah it might be too old, no but... it was i it just was wanted yeah, I, I bet. So I just wanted to to ask you one thing, and this is a, a curiosity only, because whenever I was seeing your your uh, collection, I stopped on this one, mm-hmm. and I remembered uh, an artist from China, Weiwei. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever seen Weiwei. Yeah, yeah. And Weiwei yeah. has a whole collection about not collections. He has a bunch of photos all around yeah. the world, just exactly doing this. Is yeah. this? Um, did you know the work before or? It was a thing yeah, that, yeah. that I'm I'm totally familiar with his photos. Um, you know, for me it was I was personally going through uh legal issues uh with the and I was I had situations where I might not have had my freedom, you know. So and I was wrongfully accused for things that I didn't do and I had to spend a ton of money and five years of, of legal bullshit to finally clear my name. And so it was a moment where I knew at some point I had to say, fuck these guys. (laughs) And I think it really said a lot about, you know, there's, we're so there's wrongful convictions is a huge thing in the country. And it's, um, and our crime, our penitentiary system is a fucking hot mess. And I think a lot of people are in prison that shouldn't be in prison because either of the color of their skin or uh, a police officer not filling out his, you know, police report the right way, evidence getting damaged. I think there's a lot of things that are really... uh, So for me, that was kind of an opportunity where I was personally going through my own situation plus all of the other all the other shit that you just get bombarded with that you know exists so for me it was kind of like uh if i'm gonna say fuck it, you to anybody this is the photo that i have to say fuck you to the supreme court um you know yeah and i think it, you know i think it, it's yeah, I think an expression it, that a lot of people have you know in this country a lot of people have been done dirty i think the I message think a lot of people want to do that <coughs> yeah i think the message is 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 clear in that photo yeah right there's no 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 watering it down no great no subtleties no subtleties there yeah you should see the people looking at me while i was taking the photo oh my god i was getting the the most dirtiest looks possible because you're surrounded by just very patriotic people right that are coming to see these monuments yeah so i roll up and start taking photos of my head flipping it off they were they were pretty angry with me (laughs) so i wanted to ask are you working as, are, do you work for brands or are you working for, you know, is like, cause I imagine when they see your stuff, you know, it's not like Payless Shoes is calling you up to do like a raw expose on like, you know, or like a, like a, a commercial for them. And I'm wondering like, how does this type of work translate to getting commercial work or is this stuff that you hide? No, definitely don't hide it. Um, it's difficult. It's really fucking difficult. <laughs> <laughs> people look um, at your stuff and they're like, you know what? 
Like, yeah, uh, sure. you're not wholesome enough for our brand, or like, what? Like, how, how does that go? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I guarantee you that's happened more times than I can I can count. Um, but I've always used, I guess you know, for me, I've always illustrated the companies and brands. Yes, because I ha- I have to work for brands to to make money, right? Um, yeah. You know, I do have I've done a few books, and I will do like print sales. Um, you know, and NFTs is another great way of just like really showing the work and not having to deal with that bullshit. But yeah, you know, I have to make a, a living as working as a commercial or working for brands. So usually I just kind of, I'm, I'm always pitching ideas. I'm developing stories that are very catered to me and how I take photos, right? Which is usually documentary, some sort of storytelling, some sort of like narrative of, um, of a mood or a feeling, right? So for example, um, you know, one of the big pushes I did for the book was I didn't, I was like, all right, how do I have enough money to pay for hotel and gas and traveling just for like five months, right? So I actually pitched a, a, a project to Tesla where I was like, hey, give me a car for three months. I'll, uh, I'll, shoot, a whole sto- I'll shoot a story about doing a legit road trip. Not this like LA to New York bullshit. Like I'm gonna push this car really heavily and I'm gonna show kind of a story of an eyes through a road trip, that kind of beauty of a journey of being on the road, but also like really highlight your charging infrastructure because the charging infrastructure for Tesla is like mind blowing. Yeah, and we, were, we were charging that car in the middle of the Mississippi Delta and people were like, you're the first person we've ever seen ever use one of these charging stations. Like no one has Teslas out here, right? So yeah, this is Ohio, so I was, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? So I was able to convince them. They're like, all right, cool. We love it. So while I'm working on the book and while I'm traveling, there's my gas money's taken care of. I get free, you know, I get to go around for free. I slept in the Tesla. So there goes the hotel room. And then, you know, and, uh, did you tell was them? Able to... Yeah. Was that, sure. uh, was that, no, was that, uh, do they advertise that, that you can sleep <laughs> on, yeah, they, on the well, car? They don't advertise it, but there's a bunch of videos about people like literally like living in their Teslas. Like they have like the whole blanket and bed set up. It's pretty funny. Um, it does have a security it, system. It has like a video system. So, right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So it worked. Bad. It worked. And, you know, so I was able to piggyback these projects where, you know, same thing with like New Balance. Um, you know, I was telling New Balance about this idea and I said, hey, you know, I'd love to have you guys involved. Like, what can we do? And we kind of bounce ideas back and forth. And they have a factory in Maine. So I end up, on my part of my trip, I stopped there and I took photos of all the, uh, you know, their U.S. factory and the people who are making the shoes by hand up in, in Skowhegan, Maine. So, you know, it's kind of a way where it's like, all right, cool. This is what a, a commercial budget would cost. You know, I can use all this for the whole trip if I really penny pinch. So it's like, you know, you just kind of kind of work. And, and I always try to present them in a story of let's tell a story about the human element people who are involved in your product or you know what's this what's the human connection because that's kind of where i do my best work at is is with humans and telling the story so so yeah you know it's just kind of how you pitch it but yeah definitely it's a it could be it could be hard for for sure yeah Uh, i I bet Um, so there's that and there's other ideas there's other things too that i've i've done like not to like just go on and, and rabble but um, like the forest fire work, like I have a government contract with the, for forest fires. So whenever a, f- a forest fire gets really big um, and they somebody on that fire requests for um, a photographer or a videographer 
there's a few of us who've got granted that contract, um, you know, to work with the government on stuff like that. So there's other little things like that where you can find that like, all right, cool. This goes with my documentary work. This goes exactly kind of what I'm into. And, but you know, it's not uh, like, that's not a commercial job. So that's like another good way to use that kind of documentary skill set for, you know, somebody who needs that service or, or needs that in a way. Sadly, that's in high demand right now, but that's yeah. glad someone's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't happen too often, but like, you know, I, I, did, I released a book last year called Moon Dust, and it was a lot of the images I took on uh, California's wildfire called the Complex Wildfire in 2020 yeah. that burned over like a million acres, you know? Yeah. So, and it was cool because the government contracted me to shoot all these photos. I was able to find some sponsors for the book. And then we just donated 100% of all the money goes to a couple uh, foundations that help out families who've lost ones who from wildfires or been injured or whatever. So, you know, it was like, all right, cool. I got to get paid to go do this. But now I get to put out this book and we can just donate it all to charity and, and try to do some good with it too. So, yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, whenever I was looking into your work and into you, I found out that you work on fellowship. Is that correct? So they, I didn't know they, that. So, so what do you do for fellowship? I don't work. So fellowship granted me, uh, I was part of their fellowship futures uh, grant. So they awarded me the, uh, the futures grant for glory land. Cause I was working on that with the, the serpent handling church. And um, yeah, I, I kind of presented the word to them. I said, Hey, I've been working on this book about this uh, serpent handling church for three or four years now um, I'm keep going back and forth developing this book and uh, you know I would love to have this body of work considered for the for the uh, futures and they they uh, they awarded me the grant for it so it was pretty awesome so they they acquired a few photos and then they kind of helped with the initial stage of minting so yeah it was really cool man it's really cool to see a group like that commissioning and supporting bodies of work like uh, I think that's probably one of the coolest things that I've experience with the nft space is this overwhelming support from you know DAOs and groups that want to commission people for their work and help them you know finalize it and put it out there so they can you know for people to collect it and so they can just kind of like complete a project or keep funding a project right like every time any of the Gloryland images are collected like that all just goes into me going back out there taking more photos, developing the book, and then hopefully have enough to uh, publish the book, you know, so. Those are really wonderful <laughs> images and they're like, they, they feel like a complete departure and yet kind of uh, like a brother drop to the new America. Cause it, it feels very much like a part of America, like especially a part of America right. that I'm close to like geographically. And yeah, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful drop, so. And that's a that's a world that I found while working on the uh, the America book, right? Yeah. Like I, I knew that I wanted to take a photo. I knew that these existed. I was like, dude, these are these churches are on the verge of extinction, right? Like, yeah, this is that old America that's like barely barely existing in this country anymore. So I really wanted to get some of that along with you know the crazy AI sex dolls, and so there's that balance, right? And sometimes you come across something and you're like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta stick this out for longer. Like, you know, like, like, I'm glad I got this photo for the book, but like this, this world of this church and this family 
like I, I, this is a project in its own, you know, and, and every once in a while I found a few things like that while working on the America book. That's really cool. Yeah. Man. So what's next for you? What are you, what are you up to now? What are you working on? Uh, well, glory land for sure. Glory land. We're working on a, we've been filming a, a full feature documentary too for the last year as well so a lot of that has been going back filming the documentary trying to finish the film um so that's that's really that takes a ton of my time and then i actually just uh just had a meeting with the uh homicide department of the la sheriffs so i might start a whole s uh, series shadowing homicide detectives and kind of Jeez. really illustrate yeah it's going to be it's going to be a heavy one but i think there's <laughs> and like la is not the worst city for murders too right so i don't think yeah. there's really people understand how hard of a job that is to not a let alone solve a murder case but to also balance you know possible to several new cases you get per week you know, I think it's a really, really crazy world that I haven't seen a ton of work on. I've seen a lot of like foot patrol officers and, but not a whole lot within homicide detectives specifically. So, um, and I think it's going to be a little bit more of a, 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 for me, it's a project that it's going to quiet down a little bit, right? I think America was a lot of like in the midst of all the kind of wild shit and like, you're kind of like there in the middle of all of it. And it's a little, could be a little intense where this is kind of like the intensity has already happened, right? The crime has been committed. The body has been found, you know, a lot of all the like kind of craziness that happens with the crime has already kind of happened. And now you're kind of back in the problem solving stage of these guys having to process the scene, understand what's the evidence and like how do they fix this riddle how do they solve this problem that now they're presented so to me it's like a very heavy subject and i think it's a thing that a lot of people have experienced of having loved ones murdered you know or so but it's still in a very quiet more kind of mature stage and it, I, feel, I, it feels I, like I, something I, that like you only really see on <laughs> shows, like the right the, dramatizations so it, i'm super interested in that yeah and i want I, think... I want to shoot it all in black and white too sorry to interrupt you i want to shoot it all in black and white too because i feel like it would really pay attention to like la's old film noir kind of you know because i'm still like it's still within this world of los angeles which is very cinematic so to take this story this idea and try to shoot it more in this kind of more like old noir style of aesthetic it just be something very new to me something I've never done before, which is exciting. That's cool, man. No, I have to say, for a project like that, I think I would want you to be the photographer. I think you have a good, like, way of taking your photos that is going to uplift that that whole um, theme. I would say. So I'm eager to see Thank that. You. Thank you. Appreciate um, it. We'll, we'll see if it doesn't traumatize me for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful with that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> careful what you ask for for sure <laughs> so uh, regarding what's next um i just wanted to have a small comment from you about all the things that have been happening on the space of nfts recently about um the royalties and the cco 
um, license? Do you do you have you have you seen what's happening about about those marketplaces, or do you have any any takes on that? We need or... we need a hot take. Hot take, huh? Hot take. I think it's I think it's crazy to take away artist royalties. I understand the argument in the sense of some of these more like PFP projects, how they kind of pump and they get a lot of hype and they'll bring in a ton amount of royalties to it. But you know, an artist had to make those those designs for the PFP projects too. So it's kind of hard to say. Like I and, it, and personally for me, <laughs> like I just got my first secondary sale a few nights ago and I saw like a royalty come in. I was like, fuck, that's so cool. <laughs> like I I don't have that. I don't I don't get this in the real in, in outside of this world. You know what I mean? Like I don't ever make royalties on anything. Um, and if you did make royalties on, you know, it's just not really an option. So to me, like that was one of the biggest things that really, besides the intellectual property, like being able to have a life royalty to an image, like that was a pretty big deciding factor for me to, to pursue this. I think that's, uh, and I think if you're not commercially shooting something, and body work that I've developed, like I want to have royalties to that, right? Like I, I want to, I want to keep that legacy of that body of work going as much as I can, or at least support more work. So, um, yeah, dude, people who say that the, you that you can't give artists royalties is fucking crazy to me. <laughs> that's, that's that's how I feel about it. <laughs> well, I feel like you're preaching. So, far, so. it's super liberal. Yeah, right. It's super liberal. It only can come from 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 their guys, from your extremes. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I try not to have too much opinions about things I don't understand, but I do understand as an artist, royalties are are awesome. So keep them around <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> so we're running up against time a bit, and I wanted to talk about some of the artists that you wanted to highlight. Something we try to do here is get more people's work on the show um yeah so yeah do you want to talk about we, we told you to pick three artists that you wanted to talk about and i kind of have some questions because it feels like my thought was you were going to pick you know very similar artists and you know maybe you see a connection that i'm not seeing but i, I would love to i would love to talk about this yeah yeah which one who should, who should we start first give me a oh, name up to you i got i got amy's work up here yeah let's do amy first um Amy is so here's the cool thing about NFTs and it's and I, I find this that you know when you're working into the world when you're working in in your career you try to focus a lot within the worlds that you re represent right and so I know a lot in the documentary world because that's kind of where I do most of my work in so that's where I pay a lot of my attention to the NFTs I've been able to ex be exposed to so many other people's work and so much artists that <laughs> it's awesome because I get exposed to work that I would I would never see and you know Amy's is like she is unbelievable in composition, uh, use of lighting. I love her color work. Um, just everything about her photos feel very like they have a very um, almost a fantasy to them. Like it's like it's like I'm I'm getting a visual of of a fictional novel, and she kind of grabs these moments that I just can't seem to keep pull my eyes away from. And I think. Um, yeah, I think it's it's fantastic. You know, it's another amazing perspective on motherhood, which is something that I've it's so off my 
you know, radar of things that I probably would ever see. I wouldn't like, you know, if someone was like, hey, here's a cool book on motherhood, I probably wouldn't like be like, oh, cool, let me check it out. If someone's like, there's a book on, you know, what on some other crazy shit. But, you know, I, I their, her and, and Lily too, is their perspectives on this. It, it really gives me a chance to see a world I would never understand. I can't relate to, I don't have children. So, you know, this is something that's like a world that's so foreign to me. And like for them to kind of give these almost oil painting, you know, yes. images into these worlds, it's just like, it's, it's, it's really, really good, talented, incredible work for sure. She's, she's unbelievable. This is one, this one in particular makes me feel like it's a, it's a Renaissance oil painting. It's like, right. It's crazy, but it's, yeah. it's the use of light is so good. And then there's one where it's like the back of her kids' heads and it's kind of like in a, um, it looks like it's in a field and like the, the beam of light. Yeah, that one right there. Where? Uh, the, the one with, yeah. Like I'm in love with this photo. It's, it's one of the fa my favorite photos I've seen out here, period. Something about it is, yeah. I mean, the, that looks like a painting to me like yeah through and through you know i can just stare at this and actually I do. does look like a fantasy yeah <laughs> yeah it's credible man it's really and like the, the use of color and composition and you know the way she uses the the shadows of the of the plant it's just it's so good so good this, this one's my favorite i've yeah and now that it's for sale i think lily's actually selling it and so I good i really want it it's, it's really good. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. She, she, so. I, just, I just put this in a thread like yesterday, but she crops. The way she crops is like, it's under, I think it's completely underappreciated. And it's, I think she's one of the best like photo croppers. If she's, or if she's doing it in camera, I don't know, but it's insane. I, it's, really it's, it's really good. She has a very, you know, Amy's a person that has a really good understanding of composition. And yeah. you can see that because it, it just, every time you look at one of her photos, your eye just like naturally feels comfortable. Like I'm not, yeah. you know, a lot of my stuff, it's, there's a lot of information in, inside my photos. Tons of Easter eggs. Um, and if you really start to dig into a photo, you start to pick up all these details, but it, it sometimes can be a little overwhelming um, because there's so much happening where, you know, when I look at her photos, I just kind of have a sense of like calming <laughs> you yeah. know it just feels it feels nice you know and just because she takes really great photos for sure so that and then uh lily is you know i love lily's black and white work her use of you know shadows and you know kind of these lighter spaces and this sense of you know motion blur and i just feel like i understand what it's like to be living in her house with her yeah. family this you know, feels like a screen grab from like a french new wave film or something I, it's it's crazy man it's so it's it's so good and i know uh, i think a lot of like earlier eugene richards work when he did stuff with uh like some of the like the nurses and the medical mm -hmm. work um it just feels so like personal and intimate and like somehow she's able to just really like capture life yeah it's 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 so good it's really really good um and again it's another like even more for her it's the story of, of being a mother and i think she really does an amazing job at really documenting that whole process and kind of the challenges that go with it whether it's through emotional 
or physical or just like this connection you have with this human being that you put on this planet like I feel like she really kind of drives it drives it home with 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 her work and I and I feel like I <clears throat> I understand a little bit more of like what is it like to be a mother you know which is a really difficult thing to do really really hard <laughs> right and I'm not sure. a mother I'm just a father <laughs> see I don't, I don't even know man <laughs> it's so hard and I don't do anything I do like 10% of the work but it's incredibly yeah. hard um let's talk about Niall Niall uh, did I put his name in there? Oh, I messed up. We should take him off the list. Oh, uh, cool. I just, play, I just, I just played. <laughs> that, 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 I didn't know which one you wanted to look at. Which one did you want to look uh, at? Any of it, honestly. We could do Blue Crawfish. I think Blue Crawfish has been an incredible um, series. I same. Yeah. I love this series. I think Nile has such a. a, an, a we an talked fan. about him already in the past. Have you? It's the second time he comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good series. Cool. Whenever we talked about. Monolith. Whenever we talked about Monolith, we we mentioned him. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. It's it's really good because I think um, you know, he is such a talented director too, and so his work has such a like a it's so cinematic, and I feel like it's it's moments out of these films that I that I that I love, and I think his style of it being very like soft and personal, and I, I just think he does an incredible job at telling a, a complete story and he does a lot of work you know like he spent a lot of time in this community building this body of work and becoming really close and personal with these with the people in the town and even you know the blue crawfish and the story that goes behind it like now does an, an incredible job at, at telling a story and so I, I think um that's why i like his work a lot you know it's and then he explains it as like a gothic america which i really enjoy i've never heard that term before until he said it and you know it, it, i spent so much time in the south too so this personally for me like i'm really familiar with the images that i'm seeing here through my experience of you know making uh the new america stuff so to me i think he he was able to really get in there close and personal and really give you a feel of that world and, and that environment and that community and like why people are kind of like that and if you ever hear him talk about it too like how it was like that one little bar in town that connected him to everybody and he got cool with the people at the bar so he got to like interact with the whole town at the bar you know it's, it's a good, it's oh, a really man. cool story we gotta have him on you should he's actually, got really good stories about this it, it feels a lot also like um and not that it's derivative at all but uh <coughs> chadwick tyler's work but they all feel like they're in the same family and yours too at least the stuff that you've done in the south it feels like it's it's from the same i don't know place it's so, warm in a weird way that's the south man the south is like that you know like it's 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 rough and it is it demands a lot from you as a person you know uh, but it's really warm and it's it's like kind of you know when they talk about southern hospitality like it's a real thing you know it's like they even though it's it's a tough way of life and you know it's can be rough conditions to live in and there's not a lot of opportunity in some parts of the south but like that kind of southern hospitality always kind of radiates through everything and so you always at least for me i've always had this a little bit of love for the south and it's it, i can't really shake it it's kind of like worked its way into my my blood i guess <laughs>
it's a I feel like it's a fascination with America like it's 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 a part of America that's it's like a core puzzle piece of America that is important to understand if you want to understand America yeah for sure it's a huge it's a huge part absolutely and it's kind of where all that old America last days all that kind of old America from back in the day it's mostly just remaining in the south you know that snake church is in the south yeah it's kind of this like old this, old school style living this truck is everywhere in ohio yeah like every other car is this truck i don't know what even they're taking anywhere but it's just <laughs> everywhere it's like ubiquitous here it's insane and i right. came on this out but anyway he happened to make, but, have a beautiful photo of a truck that we we're all so used to seeing every day <laughs> that's yeah. talent right there yeah it's quite interesting that you've chose like three photographers that have a complete different take on light and on on type of photography that you do so yeah i think i uh i like it man you know you see so much doom and gloom after a while it's like you know i don't know how many other photos i could see of somebody shooting up drugs or holding a gun you know what i mean like it's it's nice i, I think there's a thing and i've been trying to get more into it and i feel like with the homicide story i can kind of get more into this feeling of i can still hit on a serious note but still have this photo fantasy because i really do enjoy looking at photos and feel like i'm kind of being taken somewhere else or i'm, I'm being guided on a kind of this like journey that i wouldn't expect it in you know so um i admire that kind of work because mine is just so like right there in your face, like there's no watering it down. So I think that that kind of mystery that these images give you is it's really enjoyable. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, so I think we have to wrap up, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, we could we could keep talking for for hours for sure, and we'll have other opportunities to do it. Um, I want to thank you for coming. To the podcast um i would we we want to see those photos coming out from the the murder detectives i think it's going to be quite yeah. raw uh but i want to see it i want to see it yeah. um so thank you so much once again um jeff thank you so much for coming to the to the podcast and <laughs> let's go giant is it giants yeah okay. let's go that giants <laughs> <laughs> no way no way well thank you guys i appreciate it man it was really really enjoying to uh have a conversation with both of you thank you thanks so much so we had the bad larry here and see you next week if we can make it to the next week and don't forget to subscribe don't forget to check the new the new projects that we have on the big Ox studio we have the cinnamons how do you how do you, how do you say anything we're not we're not announcing that yet well no we will but pretty soon we're, we're dropping some some fun tools and art pretty soon so sorry okay so keep in touch go to the discord talk with us and we'll see you next week thanks, bye bye cool. thanks guys